0: Hello, friends, and welcome to My Miniature Obsession Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Carf. This podcast is about all things miniature. We will explore the world of minis and all its raw talent, dedication, patience, and the new energy of this art form. Hear from miniature hobbyists and professionals from all over the world. We will gain a deeper insight into the creative processes that drive them. We will also explore what their biggest struggles are their most devastating failures and the most uplifting successes i hope to encourage and inspire you in your miniature hobby because even the ordinary become extraordinary in miniature hello friends welcome back for another episode of my miniature obsession podcast first of all i want to say happy new year i always love this time of year it's a time to reset and just restart and i had such a great time and much needed time off over the holidays and it was just i don't know it was just so nice it was nice to sleep in all right who am i kidding i have a puppy so they're so much like a baby. So, okay, there wasn't much sleeping in, but I guess a little later than we're used to when we have to get up for school. But I just enjoyed spending time with the family. And so I have lots of things happening now in this new year, and I can't wait to share them all with you. Um, Like the mini district um, now has a university, which had just opened. It's so exciting. And so it's going to bring to you mini classes. And these classes are low-budget workshops, and they're also self-paced. So the first workshop that we have available is one that I did, one that I created for the people who use a Cricut and just... I know when I started out using the Cricut, it was very frustrating. And so I want to take that frustration away and just show you how to make miniatures in three simple steps using your Cricut. So if this is something like maybe you got a Cricut for Christmas and this is something that you can really benefit from, go check it out today. It's in the mini district. So the mini dot com slash workshops. So and we also are looking for teachers. So. If you are a miniaturist and you love to teach other people how to create, then reach out to me because we have some amazing opportunities for you where you can teach classes at the university. So that's one thing, exciting, that's happening. We're gonna be bringing you lots and lots of workshops. So keep an eye out for that. And I've also been busy planning my next subscription box. So this will be my fourth box. And even though they're always a secret, what's inside, I can tell you that it is Valentine's Day themed. So there's going to be lots of love in this next box. So it's been fun to curate and to create all the things for the box. I can't wait to ship it out on February 5th. So watch for that in your mailbox. And I'm still looking for the lucky winner of the December box. So let me explain what this is. So one special box each month, I put a little extra something in there. And if you receive that box, then I send you a little something extra in your next box. So it's just something fun I do because it's fun. So if you have that extra shipping box, so in this last December box, there were a bunch of like Amazon packages and Target packages, you know, for because we decorated our front porch And I know that my front porch was filled with boxes that were being shipped with presents. So if you received a third box and it has a special symbol on it, then you are the winner of the December box. So if that's you, please reach out and I would like to send you something in your February box. So thank you again for those that subscribe. I hope you're loving the box. And if you want in on the fun, the cart is currently open, and I'm letting five lucky people in. I've said this before, and I'll say it again, all these pieces are handmade, so if you create miniatures, you know it takes time. And so I can only let certain amount of people in each month. I'm trying to grow it, but I'm also only one person, and so I have a limit. So I'm going to let five more people in, see if I can push myself, you know, five more, I can do it, right? So, if you want to check it out, make sure to check it out at minisubscriptionbox.com. So, enough about that. Let's get into today's episode. I had the opportunity to chat with Fran, and I am fascinated with Fran's work. Not only is it flawless and so realistic, but it's so small. And by small, I mean she works in 144th scale, so that's like a dollhouse for a dollhouse you're definitely going to want to check out her work her instagram you can find her at some like it small too and then her website is some like it small 2.com i have all this in the show notes so you can check it out there and while you're searching for fran on instagram or facebook I, I appreciate you follow me as well at Mike drop miniatures that way we can connect and maybe you could be the next guest on my podcast All you have to do, there's one thing, you just have to have a passion for miniatures. And if you're listening to this podcast, then I think we already have that covered. So if you are interested in just having a mini chat with me and just sharing your creations and your expertise and whatever you want to share about your miniature hobby, then please reach out because I'd love to have you as the next um, guest on my episode. All right, so all of this great information, again, can be found in the show notes. And thank you again so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's episode, and I can't wait to hear from you. All right, until next time. Bye. Hi, Fran.
1: Oh, I think you're muted. Yes, I thought I had unmuted, but apparently not.
0: That's okay. Hello, Fran. How are you today? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm good. Nice to meet you.
1: You're just doing more and more stuff, which is great. I just, you know, when I check out your website or check out your feed and look at you on Instagram, you're just adding more and more things, which is really wonderful to keep people engaged.
0: Oh, well, thank you. Yeah, it's been a passion of mine and I just want to share it with the world. So thank you. I'm glad someone's watching or, you know, keeping up.
1: Thank you. It's hard hard to know because I know it's like the number of, you know, people don't comment on stuff. So, Mm -hmm. you know, like even if it's a website or whatever else or a new tutorial, people download it, but they don't go, oh, this was great. Or I always needed this or this really sucks or Mm -hmm. thank you. Or you're an asshole. I mean, no, people don't say any of those things uh, often enough.
0: Yeah. And you wish they would. Right. But then like, even when I don't, you know, I never really know if people are even listening to this podcast, but then when I talk to people, they'll tell me things about my, you know, like if I share a personal story,
1: I'm like, oh, they
0: are listening. Perfect. So it makes me feel good.
1: You don't get, uh, you don't get information on downloads or listens or anything? Well, not as
0: much as I wish I did. You know, I, Uh, I encourage people to give me, you know, some reviews and stuff, but all I can do is ask and i mean even me when i I listen to a lot of podcasts Mm -hmm. and i even do the same thing i don't really give a whole lot of feedback so i know how it is yeah but yeah i love i wanted to ask you on today because one well you're so talented first of all but yeah you're welcome and you work in a much much smaller scale than i do and working in anything in 112 scale anything smaller just always kind of blows my mind so When I saw your work, I was like, I can't even wrap my head around how you go so small. But before we get into that, could you just maybe tell us how you got started in miniatures? Sure.
1: Um, It was like fifth or, well, I had a Barbie doll and I used to make stuff for my Barbie doll and I got stuff out of the gumball machine. So I always liked small stuff, but it was like fifth or sixth grade, I had an art teacher who uh, had us sort of design a building and build it out of map board. And it was pretty big scale. I mean, it was probably sort of like 112 scale, although I don't remember what it was. And I thought, gee, this was fun, but God, that thing's so big. So I started using index cards and building small structures. And uh, you're not old enough to remember, but there used to be this brown packing tape that you would lick and stick on. And that's what I used for siding. And I realized what I really enjoyed was the interiors. So I started, you know, Going to woodworking sites and getting myself thin veneers and getting better tools and just trying to find all kinds and getting fabric and needlepoint mesh that was as small as I could get and tiny paint brushes and just trying to do as much as I could for the interiors. And just that's really all I've ever done and I've never really I collect some things in 12 scale and I take classes in 12 scale to learn skills but. Uh, I've really never done anything other than this and it's just what I love so much so
0: nice so you so you work in 144th scale am I saying that correctly right. and so when I research this it's a half an inch equals six feet is that right right that would be right oh wow see that blows my mind so this is like a dollhouse uh, dollhouse for a dollhouse right and right. so how oh yeah wow how do you even find things that small like you say interior the first thing that came to mind was like wallpaper (laughs) like how do you even do are you printing this designing and printing yourself or do you find what do you find things so small
1: now i pretty much either you know design it or um buy a piece of wallpaper and then progressively shrink it or uh you know and then print it out and you know obviously there's such good quality printing now and such good paper um, when i was young i used to haunt magazines or look at wrapping paper that came or you know if you're at a hotel or something and they have something packaged sometimes you know you so you could find things that were very very small paint chips are great for if you don't want anything with a pattern but um, yeah it's between uh yeah laser cutting and printers and 3D printing now it's like an, a world where you can do amazing things just yeah. the technology
0: so when you mentioned a printer do you know what printer you use I only ask because this has come up a couple times in our community like what
1: what's the best printer well, I know some people who uh, print and sell wallpaper professionally have really, really good quality color laser printers. I just use my Epson, either use my Epson workforce, which I really like a lot and is very good for printing on fabric. Um, I think partly because of the way it it feeds. And then if I really want something and I try to use Epson papers because they're very compatible with uh, Epson uh, pigments. And I also have uh, a Canon photo printer that I like a lot and I'll use that if I really want a good photo on a transparency or I want a good photo for a backdrop, uh, you know, like for a beach scene or something like that. Um, so I like I like both of those a lot. So When you're also 3D printing and your laser cutting. I am not doing either of those things. I rely on other people who are much more talented at doing those things, but it has certainly opened up things a lot. You know, it's, uh, I know there are some things that are really, really, I find really, really difficult to do in uh, small scale. And say you want to cut a window hole and you're trying to use 132nd inch plywood. And that can, that requires a lot of patience just to cut a window hole. But somebody with a laser cutter can cut that window hole the same way every single time, um, very reliably. And so you don't even have to, you know, necessarily have that skill or be that good at that. And then you can work on the things that are more fun than cutting window holes, like building tables or chairs.
0: I'm excited. (laughs) Mine's actually in the other room. I've had it for two weeks now and I haven't touched it. it? Oh, the laser cutter? A laser cutter. Yeah. It it arrived in this huge box and my husband was thrilled, but the tube was broke. So then I had to wait for that. And now the challenge is my husband and I can't lift it alone. So we (laughs) have to have someone to come over here to lift it up on the table. So, oh my God, eventually I will get to that point. But so when you talk about your scale, so I'm, I'm picturing a say you're making a table you can't really make the things on the table right is that too small like
1: how small can you go with this scale um some things you can go pretty accurately some things you can't I mean there are a couple decisions that you have to make one whenever there's something I want I try to make it and then I see what it looks like and if it's too bad even if it's fairly small but it just isn't it isn't to scale, or something's too bright, or it's too uneven, or poor, poorly shaped, or something. You don't want to use it because then your eyes going to catch it. You don't want you don't you want people's eyes to move around your room uh, in a fun way because they're exploring the room. You don't want their eyes to suddenly go. Oh, that doesn't look right. Any more than you would want that 112 scale. So with detail, the challenge is to try and go as small as you can without creating anything that's gonna be jarring. Um, So that's one aspect of of detail. Um, The other thing is that you're really, again, you're using your eye. I mean, we're also using the camera because so much of how we distribute stuff is the camera, but I think fundamentally you're thinking of somebody who is looking at this with their eye. And so what you uh, want to be able to do is have it be, again, compatible to the eye, which might mean that something's a little bit too large is okay because your eye makes some adjust, adjustments as it sees it. Your eye fills in gaps. You know, if there's a, a, you know, I can't think of a good example, but even in 12 scale, people will say, And and I remember there was, you know, there was like a little carved something on the end of that table. And people go, no, there wasn't. No, I saw it. I really saw it. And it wasn't there because your eye fills in detail. So detail is always a struggle there. How small can you go? And um, there's this one woman, uh, Kathy, a lot of people are using 3D and quarter scale, mm-hmm. but there's this one woman, uh, Kathy Abdenor, cat miniatures. I don't know if you do any small scale. She does a lot of quarter scale stuff. And she's only been doing it for about three, four years. And um, she is, I nag people a lot so she has started taking some of her things and scaling them down to 1144 and so she has done these uh, some wonderful baskets where you can actually see the weaving now maybe if I worked really hard and found some very fine filament I could make some a basket and it could take me two days but and I would feel a lot of satisfaction from having made that basket but I'm really okay with having Kathy design and print a 3D basket, because then it means I can do so much more. And it also means that I can, like the class I'm teaching in Williamsburg in January, we're using, um, I don't know, four or five of Kathy's 3D printed objects, three baskets and a bunt cake and a pie. And so this way students can really fill this little room box with food in a way and accessories in a way that. They couldn't have done otherwise because it's not would not be easy. And she's using filament, you said, and not resin. oh uh, she's using, using resin, resin, I think. Resin. Uh, okay,
0: I always thought resin. You got a little more detail, especially for something so small. Yeah,
1: yeah, because she's got the baths and everything. So yeah, even that
0: like makes my mind go crazy because me three D printing, you know, you you have the supports, and then sometimes they're not flat, or you got to sand all those pieces. So even something so small. Wow, blows my mind that we can go There's
1: there. a, She does a lot of experimentation, you know, because something that small looks different if she, like she was making a pie, 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 a pie. And um, it, you know, she tried printing it this way and then she tried printing it this way. Mm-hmm. And it actually, and the bun cake too, they actually looked different because they were so small that the way the resin, you know, uh, was put together or came together. Yeah, I get that, too, because
0: even printing bold, if I rotate them a little, then the bottom will be flat. If I print them horizontal, the bottom sometimes won't be
1: flat. So, yeah, I totally get that. So you're doing both the 3D printing, and now you're going to be doing some laser cutting.
0: I am, yeah. I jumped right in. Good. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see. And I do, like, I agree with you. 3D printing's fun. I, but to actually make the 3D model is what is so challenging.
1: Right, and that's why I'm sort of letting Kathy who's got yeah. a really good sense of design. I mean, it's like, I mean, this, this is gonna be sort of weird to say, but you know, maybe I have 10 or 20 years left where I can do miniatures. So I sort of feel like, you know, before my hands go or my eyesight can't be corrected or I die, who knows. So I want to make sure I'm using that time to do the parts that I really, really love. And while I believe I could, you know, learn the, because I did a lot of programming in my youth and stuff. So I don't think I'd have a problem with the design programs, but I don't think it would bring me the same kind of joy that working with the wood or working with fabric or other things do. So if there are other people who are more talented and have taken the time to figure out how to do the designs... Because, as you said, that's really the heart of it. It's not Mm -hmm. like they don't print themselves. You know, know. you have have to be really good at both the artistic aspects of design, and for miniatures, you have to be good at the scaling. And then you also have to be technically good with the software. And then you have to figure out the stupid machine, which is Mm -hmm. constantly having its software updated, or the resin has expired, (laughs) or something isn't clean or why did this print fine yesterday and not today so I'm happy that there are people like you and Kathy who are dealing with that aggravation
0: believe me I I think I said in one of my first podcasts when I first started 3D printing if I wasn't in the basement my craft room I would have threw that thing out the window so many times (laughs) because it was frustrating like usually it's all about leveling and So for these classes, are you painting the pieces then or does she paint them for you? That's always a struggle too, painting them.
1: Uh, I'm doing base coats ahead of time for people with spray paint. And then people are going to be adding paint and um, weathering them, you know, using washes to bring out the detail, um, making handles silver where they need to be silver, you know, things, you know, all that stuff. So people will be doing a lot of that. Um, you know, I keep thinking back to how you keep saying that it's so challenging to do 1144. And I've had people in my classes who were really kind of intimidated. And, and what I always tell them is it really isn't that different. And what you end up doing is you just end up your vision changes. Like the first time you pick up something that a pie that is this small on your finger, you go, oh my God, I can't even see that. But then you put the pie down and you put on some glasses and then there's furniture near the pie. And then there's a tiny room box right next to the pie. And all of a sudden you realize you're looking and your your whole vision has scaled down. And so you were looking at these things the same way you would look at something that was 12 scale, but they're really tiny and you look totally disbelieving. <laughs> I haven't sold I, you on that. Well,
0: maybe. Well, I'll have to, I guess, see. I have a few small pieces here, not many, but we'll see. I'll have to I'll have to experiment and let you know. So okay. can you tell us about these classes that you're doing? How exciting and I wanna come when okay. can, yeah. Can
1: you explain uh, what it maybe. is and where it is and all that good stuff? Oh, this okay, this class is uh it's uh Uh, IGMA has, uh, they have their guild school which is in the summer in Castine, Maine, and they also have education programs and uh, the main education programs right now they're like long weekends and there's one that just finished in Maysville near Kay Browning's uh, miniature museum down in Maysville, Kentucky and uh, there's one coming up in January for MLK weekend, and it's going to be in Williamsburg at the Williamsburg Lodge. And it's, um, the Friday is a day where you get like insider tours at Williamsburg and you will get to, uh, okay, there are four instructors and I'm one and I'm teaching a tiny vignette, which is a vignette of the, Uh, kitchen in the governor's palace at Williamsburg. So basically we'll be making one wall of the kitchen and it's been fun because I've been corresponding with people in the, the foodways interpreters to make sure that some of the food we were making is sufficiently authentic and could have been in Williamsburg um and i've been getting people in the on the staff have been sending me photos so i can see what the floor looks like what the wall looks like they've sent me dimensions so we know how deep the windows need to be because they have these very deep windows and thick walls so that's been a lot of fun so there are four different classes friday you spend sort of getting an insider's tour and seeing the things you're going to make and in our case we'll get to see the governor's palace and get a, a tour of the kitchen um, and then classes are Saturday and Sunday during the day, and a couple of hours on Monday morning. So it's about 18 hours of instruction all together. Um, and uh, I think people are a little bit hungry for classes right now because both of these study programs have, you know, between, you know, with the pandemic and not traveling. And um, so both of these, all of the classes are just about full. I have like one opening, I think. So this happens once a year? Yep. In uh, January, every year. Okay, and, and would you say it's great for beginners, or you have to have some skill? Well, any uh, instructors always say what classes, what the what the level of expertise people should have, and most most instructors are uh, have classes that are for beginners, but usually there are things that intermediate people can learn also. Um, this year, one of the instructors are Pete and Pan Borum of uh, Smaller Than Life is the name of their business. And they are all they are really, really great with beginners because part of what they also do is they do have like miniature table saws and lathes and things that they use. And they show people how to use those for making dollhouse miniatures, how to use them safely. Um, and, uh, so they're, they're really great. Mine is also for beginners. Um, I think there will be a couple of hours where there may be some cursing. But other than that, it's a lot of what we're doing is you know building a vignette, which is essentially a 112 scale item, and then filling it with some tiny things. And one of the things I love about doing classes is trying to figure out what's how can I come up with a technique that people can use without cursing or cursing too much and accomplish something that what took me much longer to do. So if I'm putting legs on something, it can take a long time to cut a tiny leg, to stand it up, to make sure. Watch it dry so it doesn't fall over. Um, And because classes are time limited and people's skills, they may not be used to doing that. I always try to find other ways of doing something. So I might find, Legs in this case, you know, something from the model shipbuilding world that already exist, and then all people have to do is drill a tiny hole and put some glue on it and drop it in, or you can use staples sometimes, depending on what kind of table you're making. So, I always look for ways that I can either make a jig or somehow make it easier for people. So if they're not familiar with doing stuff in this scale, they can still accomplish something um, and have look good. So it's not wonky.
0: You seriously have the best job ever. Sounds like so much fun. <laughs> How long have you been doing this teaching?
1: Well, I retired from my other job in 2018. So I've been making miniatures all my life off and on when you know life permits. Um, which for long periods it didn't, but I started going to the guilds, I got a miniature, My I started winding down in my job a little bit around 2008, so I got a miniature lathe from Pete and Pan morum and I started taking classes at the guild school, again, all in 12 scale, but, you know, every class I take in, whether it's woodworking or painting or needlepoint or silverwork or soldering or whatever it is gives me some skill or some tip that somebody has you know or some technique that I learned that I can somehow apply to what I do so it's so I'd say I've gotten more involved in 2008 and then I guess 2010 I applied and became an artisan And since then, I've started gradually to do a little bit more selling, a little bit more teaching. And since I retired in the beginning of 2018, I've kind of jumped into it more with with both feet in terms of doing all of that.
0: Yeah, and and your work's so amazing. Can you talk about the IGMA? Is that something like a name where you pay monthly due or yearly dues? Or is that just the school? And is there a membership included in that?
1: Yeah, you can you you can uh, you can join. I'm not sure how much it is, um, but like name, it's not you know prohibitively expensive. And your membership gets you discounts if you go to a show, uh, or it gets you discounts at the school. So prices for members are different than prices for non-members. Along with the membership, you get um, access to a forum that they have where people can ask questions. And I guess you also get access to um, I'm not, uh, to their Cube, which is their uh, newsletter that okay. they have. But mainly it's, it's uh, discounts at the schools and at the show.
0: That sounds like so much fun. So I'm gonna have to look this up and maybe there's a few more spots open for January. Okay. It would be fun.
1: So um, It's a very nice and relaxing weekend. One of the things, this is the first time I've taught there. The other times I've been a student. So now that I'm teaching, it may not be as relaxing, but as a student, it's just really nice to get away to Williamsburg. You're sort of, you have access to all the buildings and you really sort of get out of your head for a little while. mm -hmm. And get into this sort of historical setting and it can be very relaxing for people up north it's always a little warmer too I'm not sure where you're located
0: I'm in Wisconsin
1: okay ah well then you might not even be able to get there due to snow
0: <laughs> well we actually have a big snowstorm coming they say uh, they even named it canceled school it's like it's not even doing anything so it's kind of always funny to me because whenever they do this we don't get anything and then I laugh you know like.
1: <laughs> oh yeah they have yeah well, because they figure if they if they they'd rather have people complain that that they predicted something that didn't happen than have people complain that we got six feet of snow. How come they couldn't tell us six feet was coming? Yeah. Where do you live? Uh, Maryland. So, so you kind of live close then to to wherever yeah. that, yeah,
0: the guild school is. So it changes every year then, or is it always in Williamsburg?
1: There's always an education program in Williamsburg okay. every, every January. And um, it seems to be that there's, uh, at least for a few years now, there's been, I think, an education program in Maysville. On, in the past, they've had education programs on the West Coast or, or other places too. So I don't know what they're gonna do in the future. Okay. I just wait and see. So
0: out of all your classes, it sounds like you've taken a lot as a student. Is there anyone that like sticks out to you or maybe a teacher that you really resonated
1: with or loved their style of teaching? And I'm putting you on the spot here. I, no, it's like, I well, I'd say just about all the teachers I've had at the Guild School have been really, really good. So I've learned a lot from all of them and really enjoyed it. My, my personal favorite is Yulia Chin Lee, who does turning. I just really uh, like the way she teaches, the way she explains things, and I really enjoy wood turning. And I can't really do much in my scale that's wood turning. So I end up not doing a lot during the year. So when I take a class with her, I, I I get to you know go into my little happy place for 24 hours or whatever it is and 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 just do do wood turning. But I mean all the all the instructors are great, the borums, Peter Quisto, um, uh, Diane Almeida, who teaches a lot of uh, 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 stained glass type things. I wanna... uh, they're just all good. So is um, wood probably your favorite medium to work in or
0: do you like clay better or? I like wood. I've
1: never, I, I don't seem to have uh, a real affinity for clay. Um, I'm much better with wood or I might make something and then make a mold. I like making, I like mold making. So I like wood. Um, I've come to like styrene, you know, which is sort of the model railroad person's, uh, medium because it's you can buy it in a lot of widths and thicknesses and it's very very precise and I've come to like that for making uh like small fireplaces or something that might take me a long time to make one fireplace but then I can make a mold of it and then uh uh cast it in resin so I, I like doing that as well so I've made some I haven't put into anything yet but I've made some uh Tiny breads out of clay, um, and then made molds of them, and then cast them. And so um, they're they're crying to be put in the bakery, and they will be.
0: Where do you get the? um, I just forgot the name of it. Not styrofoam, but the. Where do you? Yeah, where do you get that? Just at the local craft store, or special?
1: Um, Tends to be more like the the hobby stores uh, that have uh, model railroad things. You know, or you can order it online from the manufacturers which like Plastruct and Evergreen are the two people who make a lot of styrene. They also make sheets that will look like brick or stone or other things. Um, and so you can use those for uh, you know, a, a, a roadway or, a, or the side of a building, things like that. So there, there's an awful, because of the model railroad people, um, and N scale is very similar in size to the scale. So because of the model railroad people, there's an awful lot of stuff available out there for making, painting, weathering structures, but they have typically not been that interested in interiors. So until more recently, as more people are doing dollhouse for dollhouse, you know, there's a lot more need for good interiors. Yeah. And I was just
0: going to ask that question. So you can, how fun you can go to like all their, I'm sure they have shows just like the Mm -hmm. miniature shows. And one thing that I was kind of upset with, I went to Barnes and Noble and they have like, I don't know, six maybe train and railroad magazines in that one dollhouse miniature. I'm like, there's something wrong there. Come on. (laughs) So I don't know if the train industry
1: is just, do you think it's more popular than... miniatures I don't know why that I don't know because it's the 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 worlds don't seem to intersect very much um (laughs) I know I've heard railroaders complaining that um, people are wanting a lot more things that are finished you know there's a lot more people buying um Oh, structures that are finished or t- trains that are already painted or layouts that are kind of easy to put together that there isn't as much scratch building going on so hmm. you know people want to go faster further you know or further yeah. faster so which you can do if, if things are, are more but I I've just heard that it's not I don't really I don't have any experience really so I I can't say can you talk a little
0: bit about your personal collection being that small, your collection can be more massive, I guess, because you're, (laughs) you're collecting so much smaller pieces.
1: I just have a lot of small things. Yeah. Um, I have a lot of, let's see. I don't have any I have a few dollhouse people, I like their work, like John Almeida and Diane who does pottery and Diane Almeida who does the stained glass and Mark Murphy who does furniture. So I have a few dollhouse sized pieces. Um, I have a number of the the Gudgel, do you know the Gudgel houses? These were some, they were sort of pioneers and they taught uh, workshops and it was in, I don't I hope I'm correct in saying this, it was, a lot of what they did was in the days before uh, laser cutting. And so they were always, if they were, you know, if two walls were meeting each other, you know, they could, you know, set up the saw and cut those, you know, those, that roof line, you know, at an angle so it fit. Um, And if they had to cut a window opening, there were, you know, there were other ways of doing it with power tools um, than laser cutting. And so they would do that. So they make all the pieces and then they taught workshops and they were really creative in how they did the woodworking and how their houses kind of, they were kind of sandwiched together and they didn't really do much with the interiors, but I have a few What was the name? Sorry. Gudgel, G-U-D-G-E-L. I
0: love talking to you about all this because you're so knowledgeable so uh, I have a list now of all the things I can go and research and learn so thank you
1: you'll find them they're they're, they come up on eBay and some of the older ones are really neat like there's a stone mill and a confectionery shop and they're they're just pretty neat so I have a few of those Um, I buy a lot of inexpensive stuff you know when Disney makes something that's this big, I'll probably buy it. And, uh, or the occasional Hallmark ornament, which, you know, there'll be a Barbie house, you know, like they had those Barbie ornaments for a while. Um, You know, so most of what I have is, is really kind of inexpensive and I just go somewhere and see something tiny, then I probably have to have it. And so I have.
0: My daughter loves those mini brands. And it's like, I love them, but why can't they just be a little smaller? Just a little. <laughs> For my scale, right? So um, do you go to any shows? Are
1: you uh, a dealer there, you said? Yeah, um, uh, I've been, a, uh, since I retired, I've started selling at the, the Guild Show, which is in Hartford in September. And that's part of the IGMA. And yeah. Um, uh and there are also classes there and so I've taught occasionally there um and then I've just uh, before the pandemic I was at the Chicago show as a dealer Tom Bishop show in mm-hmm. Chicago in the spring uh, but then the past two shows have been canceled due to the pandemic but it's due to come up again end of April in 2022 so I'll be there again with a yeah. table I'm gonna see you there I'll be there and I like going and sometimes I, sell at Philly, but I don't really have that much stock. So I don't have enough for three shows. Um, but I always go to Philly to shop. It's mm-hmm. just so much and see people. It's just yeah. so good.
0: It's I saw it all on Instagram and I'm like, oh I wish I would have went. Yeah. So when you sell at the show shows, is it just the one scale then? The 144th? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Awesome. Well I yeah, I will be in Chicago. So I'll definitely have. Okay, to- good. Good. Stop by and see, say hi. Now that I'm doing this podcast and even Instagram, you get to meet so many people that my list is getting long of the people I want to stop and say <laughs> hi to. It's so exciting. You'll
1: just be going like this from table to table.
0: I know. Because when I first started this, my whole goal for this podcast was one to meet people and well, to get other people interested in the hobby too. But And I've met so many amazing people. So it's been, and now to see them face to face, we'll even- Mm-hmm. Better. So, anything else you want to share with us? Um, so we know where to see you in Chicago in April, and we can see you at the if we want to take a class from you. That's exciting, right?
1: Or okay. anyone else? Yeah, because yes. will, the Williamsburg show is just uh, Williamsburg education program. Again, it's just a really pleasant place to go, and and uh, very low stress which is nice as a as a school and as a location and it's they have more family friendly things like they have an ice skating rink and stuff people want to bring kids and and stuff like that so it's Mm. I don't
0: know I think this is mom's weekend I'm leaving (laughs) we'll see but I definitely that is on my bucket list to see and go there eventually and so you have a website. Do you want to tell everyone what your website is? Because I know you have, I was looking at it earlier. You have some amazing like tutorials and things on your
1: website. Yeah, I have. Uh, it's some like it's small. Okay. And uh, there's a link to, uh, uh, to, to, to uh, the tutorials are actually on WordPress, but there's a link from my website to the WordPress site that has um, a bunch of different tutorials. I haven't added anything in a while, but. I really should. It's just stuff like that's so time consuming. You know, I some you, you sort of you see things that people do that look so professional or you know, listen to your podcast and, you know, it's if you don't do this every day, it can be very time consuming to put things together that are quality.
0: It is. It is very time consuming. And I I have to say though I love your photos how you like have one of your floral shop and you put an actual flower next to it because that really shows the scale and that's just it still blows my mind that anything could be that small especially plants I don't even know how you do it it's amazing you definitely like you said have to have some good eyes
1: (laughs) yeah I think it's if you can't see it you can't really do it but I mean fortunately there's um, all kinds of glasses and do you use a magnifying glass or um anything? I buy I buy over the counter but I buy progressive ones okay. you know I mean not I mean not progressive I just have a lot of different ones depending on on how much I have to see so I've one that I can just use for dollhouse stuff but then when I'm, I'm trying to paint something really really tiny like the pie I'll probably grab a stronger pair of glasses So, and a lot of people I know, even for dollhouse scale are starting to talk about like these uh, binocular microscopes so basically you're looking through uh, something that's like binoculars and it's being magnified. Um, you're either looking through that or it can be transferred to a screen if you want to look at it. And so your hands, it's nice because your hands are down here. You know, a lot of times when you're doing something small, you know, you end up having to go like this, which-
0: you bring your hands up to your eyes, yeah.
1: Right, and so the other way you can, you know, leave your hands down there and you can get 10 times magnification. Someone I know who's really, really good at and was painting, complained that when she bought one of these and really saw what her work looked like under 10 times magnification, she was horrified. <laughs> so now it's better. Oh, still though, that's like... But I haven't done that yet.
0: Yeah, I don't know. You have to stop somewhere, right? I mean, the detail can only go as far as... I would say, yeah. as you can see without a magnifying glass, that's probably where I would stop. But Well, thank you again. And I love your work. I can't wait to see... You what the future holds for you. And I hope to see you, like I said, in Chicago.
1: Okay, good. And uh, keep doing a good job with your podcast. I'm so glad that you're doing this and publicizing miniatures more and uh, talking to different people. And so it's great. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. All right, we will chat soon, Fran. Thank you. Okay, take care. (laughs)